Hello, Internets. It's Emily. Join us this summer in Charlotte, North Carolina for your favorite podcast con. It's the Calamity Janes Con in Charlotte. What? Oh, fine. It's the Authors and Dragons Con 2022 in Charlotte, North Carolina, August 19th through 21st. Tickets on sale now. Fine. Authors and Dragons! Well, howdy, everyone. Here you are thinking it's the grand season finale of the Calamity Jane season one. But no, it's too big. It's too important. We have too much to discuss. And the internet keeps crapping out. So we're doing a side quest today. (laughs) Everyone may cheer now. It is allowed. (laughs) John, you're too too contrarian to do anything that's required. We know this. (laughs) <laughs> okay that is absolutely true what if i said that tonight we're gonna talk about a whole bunch of pussy sold i'm in well i would hope so okay. because it's your pussy <laughs> good news john's the star <laughs> before we get started there is a very important uh bit of business to discuss it's pimpin time everybody so let's introduce ourselves i'm Ari Carr. my books are now in bookstores I have a new series coming out with Falstaff Books called Starting with the Accidental Summoner, which should be available this summer, supply chain willing. Um, and you can find me at racheleecar.com. How about you, Misty? Wow, me. Well, I'm Misty Massey. I am the writer of the Mad Kestrel series of Pirate Fantasy Adventures. And yes, bitches, I said series because book two is going to be in real life. It's I've got a pre-order link on Amazon that is live tonight, and I am jazzed about it. So Kestrel's Dance, go to Amazon, make your pre-orders. And if if you really, really desperately need my signature, I will have copies at A&D Con, but pre-order would be wonderful too. <laughs> and A&D Con's in August, in it case is. you were wondering. And if you're interested in picking up tickets for A&D Con, where you'll be able to get your signed copies of the Accidental Summoner, Kestrel's Dance, and literally dozens of other books, um, except for Drew's, because you'll only be able to buy one of Drew Hayes' books, because it'll push your bag over the weight limit. But everybody else writes reasonable-length stuff, so if you go to authorsanddragons.com, click the con link, you can buy your ticket to A&D Con, which is in Charlotte at the University Hilton this August, and you can go ahead and make your room reservations. Because if we fill up the hotel block, John doesn't have to write a great big goddamn check. So let's do that, all right? We, we like that. Yay! Big fan Will of you that. have books there, John? <laughs> I'll have a couple. Just asking. Just a few. Just a couple. Um, you know, I did literally spend a grand last weekend to expand the Falstaff bookmobile so that I can carry more stuff. Yay! So we saw that for Jordan Con in my office right now. I have six small plastic bins of books, 12 large plastic bins of books, and nine cardboard boxes full of books for Jordan Con. And a catio in your backyard. <laughs> and a catio in my backyard. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I we know. got pimping to do first. I just wanted Melissa, to Melissa, you got anything to pimp? No, I don't have anything to pimp. But you can go and buy all the awesome stuff from Falstaff because all of it is awesome. And I can't get my life together to write anything. So buy everybody else's. There you go. Amen, sister. Fair. We love you. How about you, Teresa? Pimp away. Um, okay, so I'm Teresa Glover, and I am marginally more observant than the character that I play in the game. <laughs> I, marginally. Um, I'm the, Debatable. It depends on the day and whether or not I've taken my Adderall, to be honest. I am the author of the Caitlin Kelly Monster Hunter series with Falstaff Books, and I'm also an editor at Falstaff Books. 
My most recent release to Pimp is the collection of the Caitlin Kelly novellas under the um, omnibus Blood Moon over Bourbon Street. I will for sure be at Authors and Dragons cons because, duh, that's where all the cool kids will be in August. And when I'm not at a con- and me, you're you're a cool kid. Come on now, stop it. Don't make me pinch you. <laughs> um, when I'm not at a convention, the best place to find me is at FallstaffBooks.com, where most of these fools that you love probably have at least one or two titles available. Speaking of people with Falstaff titles, I think that segues to a certain Emily. <laughs> that is me, Emily. No, E. M. Kaplan, and and you know one day. I'm going to have Falstaff books coming out as well. You already have one. <gasps> That's right. I have Fandingo the Fantastical. I also have, um, I'm almost done writing my second mystery for you all. Um, I know. I might take a little break after that and help Rachel write our secret project. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we will discuss our secret project since it is about all things pussy today. <laughs> Right. Oh, but one thing I have to pimp are these really cool Calamity Jane, one of a kind, except I got 200 of them, um, <laughs> keychains that you can get in your swag bag at A&D Con in Charlotte. She, they are quite epic. We have seen them. She got 199 of them. <laughs> what is the swag bag you speak of, Emily? How do you get a swag bag? I honestly don't know. <laughs> you, you attend the convention. They give you a swag bag. Give us money, we'll give you shit. Yeah, come. Come over here. It's just like the Oscars. It is like the Oscars, only with slightly more slapping. Since there are two tiers of membership, you can get the normal peasant swag bag, or you can get the badass VIP swag bag. It almost sounded like you said, it almost sounded like you said slag bag. (laughs) Yes, your slag bag. <laughs> but yeah, when you go to authorsanddragons.com and click on the link for the con, you can buy your VIP ticket and get better swag. That is true. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. And everyone, if there's one facet of humanity we support, it's feeling better than other people. Hell oh. yeah. Oh yeah. We authors. It's how we roll. Um, we should also be remiss that there is one person not here to pimp her stuff but please check out buysuelondon.com because she has some awesomely steamy regency romances and they should be appreciated in a night where we discuss all things pussy don't worry we've already been demonetized so let's enjoy this (laughs) seriously bevan is on the other podcasts you can't think that you talking about pussy is the reason we're getting demonetized. That is true, but there is one goal. I I have seen it. There is nothing greater than seeing Bevan get shut up by somebody else's experience. So um, there are those that can actually shock Bevan in this world. So you should check out all the Authors and Dragons uh, fellow podcast side quests, mimic chests, and God knows what else to see that rare occurrence happen. Have we pimped our shit? I think I have a new goal in life. Oh yes. If you do it, Melissa, oh my god, I am I shall bow before you. Not that I don't already, but yes, everyone should have a goal of make yeah. the Bevan blush. Make nope. the Bevan Mwah. blush. Chef's kiss. That should be a teacher. <laughs> so far I've seen Jonathan Mayberry do it. So let's see if the rest of us can. Well Jonathan wow. Mayberry also managed to stun me into silence, which hardly ever happens. Believe me, it, it's worth it. If you haven't checked out, we do have a wonderful interview with Jonathan Mayberry. Coming out is out. Time has no meaning because we never know what order stuff is posted after being recorded. Is out. Well, it's out by the time anybody hears this. Yes, exactly. Okay. Is the pimping done? Have we pimped our shit enough? Not that really any authors can pimp their shit enough, but are you ready to get to the heart of today's discussion? Apropos of pimping. Spay and neuter your pets? Well, yes, please spay and neuter your pets. Bob Barker did have that right. Rest in peace. But we're here to talk about something that motivates everyone on this podcast quite a lot. Yes, indeed. We're here to hear about John's pussy. (laughs) 
Drum roll, please. Mr. Hartness, or The Hartness, as I often call you. Care to share your sordid tale of what you discovered when you thought you were alone? Well, so here's the deal. Our next-door neighbor a few years back had a black cat who kind of roamed free. And she was very sweet and friendly, and we called her, Susie and I, my wife, and I called her Miss Kitty. We had no idea what her real name was. And after a while, we didn't see Miss Kitty anymore, and the neighbors moved out, and you neighbors moved in. And then, oh, look, that looks like Miss Kitty, except that's smaller. Oh, I guess maybe that's Miss New Kitty. So Miss New Kitty is sweet and will come up and let you scritch her on the head. And she'll maybe, if you're sitting on the back steps reading, she'll sit down next to you and demand to be pet. And I frequently will sit out in the sun and read on my Kindle and pet the kitty on the back patio. Now, since since we lost our dog several years ago, our backyard is a cat sanctuary. Anytime I go out, there's at least one random neighborhood cat just kind of chilling on the lid to the defunct hot tub or chilling on the brick, ancient brick grill that was built in halfway down our backyard or just, you know, sprawled on the patio waiting to be loved. And I came out today and I was like, I heard something rattling on my window unit air conditioner here in the office. And I was like, oh, Miss Kitty's come by because she will frequently just leap from the ground onto the top of my air conditioner and hang out. And I thought, oh, well, I'll go see if Miss Kitty's out there. And I walked out, I grabbed my Kindle. It's like, okay, I could use some sun. And no, no Miss Kitty. So I walked around the back of the house and sitting on the lid of the defunct hot tub is a long-haired tabby that I don't know that I've ever seen before. And I was like, oh, well, hello, Strange Kitty. But as I walked over, Strange Kitty noped right out. Strange Kitty was not interested. So I walked over and I looked and I was like, oh, looks like a kitty has made a hole in the base of the hot tub. So I guess I have a cat living under the hot tub. That's fine. At least somebody's getting some use out of the thing. So when I walked back to the back door, there was Miss Kitty. She's looked up and, no. I said, okay, well, I'll hang out. So I sat on the back steps and I was reading a Jonathan Mayberry book. And I sat there for 15 or 20 minutes, scratching the cat and reading a book and just, you know, getting a little sun. And Sounds as like I was, heaven. yeah, it was kind of great. So Miss Kitty decided it was time for her to go somewhere else. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that means it's time to go back in and go back to work. Well, that's when I saw where Miss Kitty went. We have an old pallet leaning up against our fence on our patio because Susie had this idea of building shabby chic furniture out of dismantled pallets. And she got as far as acquiring a bunch of pallets. She has not gotten as far as dismantling the pallets or building anything out of them. So this is a real solid pallet. It doesn't have the big gaps in it like most do, and it's leaning up against the fence. And I'd seen Miss Kitty come out from behind there once or twice. And I was like, oh, well, I guess Miss Kitty's made herself a little spot under there. So nice hidey hole. Back. Yeah, it's a cute little hidey hole. So she ducked back there, and I was like, okay. And that's when I saw this little ball of white fur. I was like, wait a minute. Miss Kitty's head-to-toe black. What's this? Oh, what's oh that gray thing? Oh, wait, what's that black and white thing? <laughs> and I look, and Miss Kitty has had kittens under that pallet. And they are now big enough 
<laughs> John is now Uncle John. And I sit down and I look back there and I'm like, well, hello. And they're four of the most adorable damn little kittens I've ever seen. They're, I'm guessing they're about six to eight weeks old. It looks like their eyes have just come open. Oh my gosh. They're kind of learning how to move around, but they're not good at it yet. So as I'm, I go in, I tell Susie, she's like, okay, well, let me come out and look at them. And she sits on the back stoop and I sit on the ground next to the place. And these kittens just come out and are all over everything. And they're the cutest damn things. There's an all black with a little dot of white on its on its chest. There's a solid gray kind of long medium to long hair. Then there's a medium hair seal point kitty, which told me exactly who the daddy was. I was like, well, oh, yeah, I know that guy. He's come <laughs> around. He hung out for a while. Haven't seen him for a bit. So the cat that I call Roger, because he's got gorgeous blue eyes. Um, well, Roger's a deadbeat cat dad, apparently. And then we should there's start a, a hunt for Roger to make him pay child support. For real. And then there's a black and white kitty with whose face is all black, but it's like an inverted T where a stripe of white goes down his nose and then spreads across to his white mouth. Oh. And they're the sweetest damn things and they're adorable. And I do not want five cats. But you have five cats, is basically I what the universe is saying. I currently have five cats. Well, well, um, well, but wait, wait. Aren't these actually your neighbor's cats? Because isn't well, that your those, neighbor's Miss Kitty? Those neighbors don't live here anymore. They abandoned Miss Kitty? Oh, oh, this is the original uh, Miss Kitty. No, this is Miss Kitty's kitten. And I don't know oh. if they even knew Miss Kitty had a kitten. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah, because Miss Kitty was an indoor-outdoor kitty for them. And someone has put at least a flea collar on this cat at some point. But I don't really have any idea who's been feeding this cat. Um, apparently, it doesn't have a comfortable home because it chose to have kittens under a pallet in my backyard right so do you have a box and kitty food and now all the other things so now there's a water bowl out there and now there's a bowl full of cat food out there and tomorrow i'll be putting together some type of acceptable level of shelter for the cats and all of those things because i'm not just going to leave them out there to get wet and gross and all that so because yeah be... little kittens are very sensitive to to temperature and it's been cold i know right well less so down here yeah but I mean, they're southern they kitties around... they're a little more delicate yeah and it is getting down in the 40s this past couple of nights so the universe knew that you needed a new editor and cat, so it gave you five. Aww. You're right. It gave me a whole goddamn editorial team. <laughs> so I'm drowning. Just, just be Copy more editor. specific when you ask the universe for things, John. Be more specific. But it takes that many. It takes that many cats to replace Puck. It's true. I mean, you can Puck add was a legend. the mass of all of these cats together, and they still don't get to half a Puck. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Puck was a 16-pound kitty. Oh, he's Griff. Are you telling me he's griff size? That's a big-ass cat. Yeah, when Puck would lay on my chest in the recliner, if he got up, I he would wake me up from a dead sleep just by pushing off and, you know, leaving me breathless for a week because I had a 16-pound cat shoving off from my solar plexus. Yeah, but they so, are yeah. wonderful if you have cramps. I highly recommend a 16-pound cat. It's just a nice weighted blanket slash vibrating heating pad. Yeah, so. see, 
For people who are allergic to cats, though, that's really not a good trade-off. Okay, I will give you there are a few allergic people. My mom is a little empty nester now because, you know, my sister and I are older and have moved out and my dad passed on. And so she replaced us with cats. And I have to take allergy medicine to go see my mom. And because, you know, I'm the one who is not, you know, super crazy about loving on them because, you know, I I prefer to breathe. Um, Oh, no. Her cats love me. Can I give you some advice? This what? is what I've told everyone who's allergic to cats. Suffer through it once or twice. Be the crazy cat lady. Coo over them. Go nuts. Go, ooh, ah. And sh- like, to always try to pick them up a few times. That will cure them of thinking you're... Because cats love people who give them space and distance. So usually the people that are allergic, they get all standoffish. And the cat reads it as, you respect me. And thus I will invade your space. Oh, it's, so just it's actually like more a- hilarious because like I can... I can deal with it once I've taken the allergy medication and they'll come up and they'll love on me and whatever. And they're skittish enough that they don't want to do a whole lot. But the one cat is kind of antisocial and she will weave in and out of my feet. And it's fine. What's hilarious, though, my sister is the crazy cat lady and she has a bajillion animals and she wants nothing more than to love on these two cats. But when they come, when she comes over, those cats head for the hills. <laughs> that, but that's what I said. It's the people who really love them, particularly like whisper kitties, skittish kitties. They will run from you. So the best way to get a cat to leave you alone is to act like you love it. I oh, mean, entirely. They're, yeah. they're a bit abusive. But it's just hilarious to see my sister get frustrated. So it's kind of like elementary school playground romance. It is elementary school playground romance. I just, I think it's hilarious to see my sister get frustrated that the cat won't love on her, but it loves on me. So, you know. I just but love I'm a the fact snot that, like that. <laughs> that I'm supposedly allergic to cats. The doctor said I was allergic to cats. I looked at him and I said, no. Like, you, it doesn't work that way. I said, oh, yes, it does. He's like, you are totally allergic to cats. I said, explain how I've had them since I was five years old and I don't react to them. He's like, that's impossible. I said, I react to them for two weeks and then my body just says, okay, you can stay. <laughs> I snuggled my mom's guinea pig at one point and broke out in hives. Oh, I'm definitely yep. allergic to guinea pigs. That is that is one thing in my family. They are they are very high on the allergen scale. I didn't realize that. Yep. So so I, I hate to interrupt here, but I'm I'm having the same experience on dating websites <laughs> as you are with cats. People people who don't like cats. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm hopping onto these. I thought you were going to say people that uh, make you sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, kind of. I thought much. you were going to say you were drowning in pussy. <laughs> hey, well, it's, we it's don't a little shame here. It's a little, a little similar. Well, I, I like checking out some dating websites, and the second I get on, and I'm like, oh, I don't think I should be here. I, I get a lot of you know like swipes or whatever they call them or hearts, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm, and then I run screaming. Emily, there's something we need to tell you. I don't know if you've realized this, but you're fundamentally awesome. And that aura is just going to attract people. (laughs) Well, thanks. I I hate to break it to you, but yes, cat rules apply. The the more standoff you get the whole like naughty librarian aesthetic. She's hard to get. It's, it's like putting kryptonite in front of douche bros. Well, you know, what you could do to really gatekeep that situation is just um, Claudia out a little bit on the uh, dating website. And that'll that'll weed through the the psychos real fast. Well, I'm going to leave the peeing part out, but but I I see the point that you're making. (laughs) You're a lovely lady of layers. There you go. On your profile picture. Put on the bear hat for the profile picture and see what you get. Oh, well. I mean, list your shingles book I as you know your you. publication. Dating websites didn't exist the last time I went on a date. Well, yeah, you and I are roughly the same age, yep. and this is freaking me the f out. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm like, maybe, yeah, I've tried two different websites now, and I'm like, one starts with a Z, one starts with a B. But um, 
yeah, I am freaked out and I'm considering going back over to Pet Finder for a, you know, furry buddy to hang out with instead. But you're allergic to cats, aren't you, Emily? You have to go for the dog. I need a dog. Yes. Don't dis Unless on the dog. they get that cat vaccine going, you know? I'd say we need the cat vaccine so that Emily, because you need to experience the joy of my cat. Because I think you and Tsunami are kind of soulmates. <laughs> um, my cat is Wait. a force of nature. I think she's cat trying to vaccine. tell me that, I, uh, that I'm going to mute her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, so there's a cat vaccine that they're supposedly working on that... that you um, know makes the cat's own immune system suppress the allergens that you know the dander yep. oh so the cat so if you're, takes yeah, the yeah if you're allergic to to oh. uh, pet dander it will make they they've had a few tests and it makes the cat all cats hypoallergenic like sphinx cats and Except then without the not, looking like sphinx cats correct right. those things are creepy. no naked butts all over your kitchen surfaces yeah those things are and the puckering (laughs) that that's a different dating website (laughs) (laughs) which one naked butts all over your kitchen surfaces or pucker or yes (laughs) different subsections i'm pretty sure that one starts with f (laughs) (laughs) oh man you're making me take a cough drop already guys I don't know. There's there's a lot of of discussion of of uh, of pussy, but does anyone have any good pet stories while we're here? Since we've already made poor Emily talk about what I think Pet Finder probably is the dating site for you. In, <laughs> in a non creepy way, I mean, she needs right non creepy, not a, a furry, furry kind of way. Yeah, not Al- that furry. <laughs> also, did you know that they made furry Barbies? Like, I'm totally digressing, but I saw the ads for these. I'm like, first off, why am I being shown ads for furry Barbies? But it's like, have you met cute- you? Yeah, I, was I didn't say. want a Barbie when I was a little girl and they were being forced on me and I don't want to be a furry. So why would I be getting a furry Barbie? It's not like oh my God. the fact that Literally I hate... everyone you associate with is insane. Okay. But I also Y'all know the... Melissa, she's not insane. Yes, she is. We're all medicated. This is an honest to God I... thing. I'm looking yes, at are. it on the internet and it's real. And I know. I had to Google as well. The cute surprise Barbie. It's literally Barbie in a furry suit. It's kind of like that. The cute. Remember in the 90s, the rave Ken that everyone was like, (laughs) everyone was like, dude, that is the gayest Ken ever. He's clearly going to a gay bar. He's got all the signs, but they said it was rave Ken. It's the same thing. It's Barbie as a furry, but they're saying cute reveal. It's the cutie reveals. You're all looking at it. This yes, is my job. Of course we are. Fucked up. This is, he said, my gift. And now everyone is listening to this podcast. You have to look up Cutie Reveal Barbie. And please, for the love of God, I do not want one, okay? I do not want one. I feel I'll like give we a shouldn't... free book to the first person who shows <laughs> yeah. up with a furry reveal Barbie to Authors and Dragons Con. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a like paperback because a, like, i am a cheap a, shit but an affiliate link <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we should we should if someone does actually bring it we should all sign it for them especially if it's the furry reveal barbie with the purple hair because it is required by law that at least two-fifths of us have purple hair at any given time have I written that into y'all's contracts yet? Because I need to. <laughs> I think I have always I, held I up my that. yeah. I've held up my bargain, haven't I, John? I mean, shit. Half my writers don't read the contracts. I could put something in there about a hair dye requirement, and solid forty percent wouldn't have any idea it was there. True and fun fact, though, I know of at least two authors who did sign their physical contracts after reading them and initialed them and mailed you the hard copy. Do you know who those two authors were? (laughs) Well, there's about a dozen of you. Ah, oh. See? We're special, Emily, but we're not unique. Weirdos. I I didn't do it. It wasn't me. (laughs) Yes, you did. I sent you the contract. I saw you sign it initially. 
special but not unique describe pretty much every author in the Falstaff catalog. I feel yeah. like we've left poor yeah. Misty out because she can't have kitties, but I know that she has had some intriguing pets. Do you have any cute and cuddly stories about your pets, Misty? Cuddly. Well, or do you want to talk about Furry Barbie? Well, I, I was actually just – I went from Furry Barbie – um, to Barbie Extra, who is who? Sh this this one is she's got on um sh gym shorts and gym socks and a super rainbow fuzzy jacket and a huge seventies fro, and she looks like she's from from like um uh Foxy Brown or something, <laughs> and I'm loving oh it. Oh my god, it's this awesome. She's got this total seventies thing going on, and it's great. But I'm she's not gonna extra. lie. When you said when you said the the sport socks and the gym shorts, I was going, "Oh God, it's a foot fetish Barbie." Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. It's like Foxy Brown is a Barbie, and and she's great. She and she's got silver high heel boots on over the the gym socks. She's awesome, but it's, it's how tall are those gym socks, or are they like ankle boots? The like we need some perspective here. They're ankle boots. They're they're high heel oh, okay. silver ankle boots, and then the gym socks are half calf. So, I'm way too invested in this Barbie's couture right now. She's awesome. I want her, and I don't even. I, well, obviously, I don't play with Barbies anymore. But I've been. I've, Did anyone here play with Barbies? Oh yeah. Like yes. Totally. Yes. Oh my I had god. A couple. How I... about you, John? <laughs> I mean, I have a. Uh fuck ton of star wars and gi joe figures so yeah i uh i did the 1970s and 80s straight boy accepted playing with barbies i also had the six million dollar man action figure which is seriously it's a barbie doll for boys Yep. <laughs> nice. My my parents and my my aunts and my grandma all kept getting me Barbies every year in the distinct hope that I would end up as a straight uh, gender norm uh, adult female. They have naturally, as everyone here knows, can see that they failed. But all I ever really wanted was an Optimus Prime, and I asked every year from when I like was eight until. I think I was 14, and I never got an Optimus Prime, but I got a ton of Barbies. So I got one Transformer. I got Skyfire, who dies in one episode, um, but I, I didn't have any other Transformers, so I would just pretend that the Barbies were like Megatron, Soundwave, sometimes hmm. they were Dinobots, and I would just be making, just picture young R.E. Carr making Barbie make like Grimlock smash as they went against my one transformer. My Barbies went on spy missions all over the house and sometimes they got caught by the, one of my Barbies was the evil anti, she was the evil cruel Barbie. And whenever she caught Malibu Barbie, um, she would hang her by her hair on the dartboard and throw darts at her to get her to talk. And Malibu never <gasps> talked because she was tough. She was like... Because she didn't want her to talk. She wanted her to die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's like, Bond, Malibu Bond. <laughs> but they went on spy missions everywhere. And, and I had Sir Stuart the Silver Knight. And he was cool because he had a horse and armor. And he, um, his arms would bend at the elbow, which meant that he could Whoa. carry Barbie on his horse with him while Ken had to just stand there going, but Barbie, I love you. So I need, yeah, I but need Ken doesn't things. have much to woo Barbie back. Let's no, be real here. No. And see, Sir Stewart's got a horse and arms that can carry her. So, you know, I'm sorry. That's romance right there, baby. Are we talking <laughs> about romance? of yeah. weird toys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now we're I'm talking romance. I'm <laughs> through Twitter and I see something called a menstruation crustacean. Uh, what? what the what? hell is that? A 14-inch lobster plush with removable lavender-scented heating pad. 
Wait, I, wait, wait, what? <laughs> hey, so I have totally seen a thing that was um, a, like a meme on the internet or something that somebody had set up a um, like crab lobster thing with a tray and it was a crustacean menstruation station and they put like pads and tampons and stuff on oh, it. That's cool. Yeah, well, I've seen that. this is by a company called What Do You Meme? Oh, God. So, oh, Lord. This is so bloody apparently, cute. Apparently. The, the menstruation crustacean rides again. Yo, he's a happy little lobster. He's got a happy little I don't little want face. lobster near my hoo He's 25 no, he, no, fucking he's dollars lay. for a stuffed lobster. I know, but but you can but you can heat him up in the... At least he's the, not a crab. He's not <laughs> with the cost of lobster in a restaurant. Lisa, so. I'm so shocked. But you, Are you trying to make Bevan blush? You heat him oh, up God, in the microwave, and he smells like lavender. So you, so it smells nice when you feel bad. Oh, there's a T-shirt that says so has a picture of a crab and says, "I'm not crabby. I'm a menstruation crustacean." <laughs> oh, here's a trivia fact: I'm more allergic to lavender than I am to cats. Really? Whoa. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know, then. You're a medical why, marvel. Why didn't they? Why didn't they make him a shark? So Emily, what? yeah. <laughs> Does that mean that you do not like the menstruation crustacean sensation? <laughs> why? Why didn't they make him a shark for Shark Week? Yeah, that that would be lovely. that would be way better. Or is he supposed because to come kind of appear? Only sh because Shark Week's only once a year. Oh, no, it isn't if you're a woman, no. young man. <laughs> That's why it couldn't be a shark. Or maybe it's because the, the lobster has two claws and kind of looks like, you know, fallopian tubes or whatever. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. It does look know. like the system, doesn't he? You, you do realize that I am a massive stan of Leon the Lobster. He, he it's like this YouTube series about a guy who in South Carolina who rescued a lobster from like a Kroger and has been caring for him and I'm very invested in this lobster and now I'm going to be the next time he comes up I'm just going to be like but is he a menstruation crustacean <laughs> and my life is ruined so thank y'all thank y'all welcome that was so Lob lobsters can live to be over 100 years old not, not near, near me, they can't. <laughs> so they could be multi-generational crustacean menstruation crustaceans. Yeah, who's going to take care of Leon after the, the caretaker dies? Oh my god. Whoever he leaves it to with his, his number of followers, somebody will take Leon, I'm sure. Yeah. Have y'all not seen Leon the Lobster? It's like... Well, I have now. I'm looking him up. Yeah, and there's yeah. also cats too. So it did tie in. So we we've we've circled back. He has adorable felines too and does a kung fu movie with his cats in between the lobster molting. But my favorite episode is the one where you know how YouTube people all need sponsors? By the way, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're here on YouTube. Um, but he had sushi knives sponsoring Leon the Lobster one week and I'm just like Wait, 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 what? Sushi Knives? Sushi Knives were sponsoring that episode of Leon the Lobster. Ooh. Did you say the lobster was molting? Yes. Yeah. He molted. He survived. Lobster? Do yeah. That? That's, they, their exoskeleton can only expand a certain amount. So when they get big enough, it has to split and they have to grow a new shell and it's soft and it expands outwards. So it's. So they don't just get stretch marks right. like the rest nope. of us. That is totally it is unfair. Totally unfair. They live to be a hundred. They taste like lobster, and they don't get stretch marks. I'm not a huge lobster fan. Y'all can have my lobster. Well, you know, I'm amazed that how lobster is like such is so expensive now, and it's kind of, it's not entirely shishi, but it's kind of shishi in a it's way. It's bougie. Um, let's let's be real. Yeah, it's bougie. It's bougie. But once upon a time, it was poor people food. Like, a, like 150, 200 years ago, it was poor people food. Rich people did not eat that shit. That was for... I'm from New England. It was cheap-ass food up there, too, sometimes. Yeah. I just, it, it's not anymore, sadly. I just think oh, it's I'm fascinating how it's, it's changed over the years to... Changed in status, you know? Oh, my god! I remember when I first moved down here, that was one of the things that kind of blew my mind. Because in every grocery store up north... 
Like, in the seafood department, there was a tank with lobsters, and you could pick out a lobster, and it was like $5 a pound or something like that. And then I came down here, and it did not exist. There were no tanks with lobsters, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And then when you saw the frozen ones, and they were like $15 a pound, you're like, oh my god. That was that was the probably the, the moment I was most happy that I did not like lobster anyway, because I would not miss it. Yeah, British accent is deathly afraid that after watching this series that I'm going to, like, go raid the Whole Foods and rescue a lobster. He, he's <laughs> legit afraid of me doing that. Don't don't rescue the lobster. Let the lobster go. Don't rescue the lobster. <laughs> the lobster yeah. has a destiny. It's it's to be dinner for somebody. So <laughs> it's it's scary though because if you've if you've never kept crustaceans, they are bastards. I mean, I had Bertha the shrimp ruling my tank, and she was just a little freshwater shrimp, and she was a mega bitch to all the other inhabitants. I can only imagine, and yet I've heard rumors of Petco like, oh, sure, you can keep a freshwater crayfish with a betta and some cichlids and a neon tetra. And every single actual fish keeper hearing that was just slowly turning white. <laughs> like, even my husband, who does not keep a lot of fish, was like, I'm pretty sure you can't keep crustaceans with, with, uh, with fish because they will eat them. Um, and it's true. And speaking of cats, Tsunami is trying to get into my fish tanks. We'll be right back. Talk amongst <laughs> yourselves. You know, when I first moved to South I was born and um, spent a good deal of my childhood in Virginia. And then I moved to South Carolina when I was 11. And um, so here we had these new kinds of, of seafood that my mom had not tried making before. And so one night... I remember they, she and daddy decided to cook crabs for dinner and they had gotten live crabs and from the, from the dock. Cause back then you got your seafood off the dock in the morning. So they had live crabs and they, they boiled the water and they dumped the crabs in and those crabs were desperately trying to get out and I couldn't take it. I, I had to leave the house. I was freaking out so bad. I mean, like there is no food that I want to be traumatized before I eat it. So I come okay, back so... to hearing your parents had crabs. <laughs> <laughs> Live so crabs. speaking of being traumatized by crustaceans, um, <laughs> I remember coming home from school at some point and I was probably like 10, not knowing that my mom had planned to make lobster for dinner. And, you know, being the somewhat oblivious preteen that I was, I opened the door, looking at my feet, you know, making sure I didn't trip over the, the, the door jam. And as soon as I look up, there are claws and legs and eye spines in my face. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I screamed and peed myself a little bit because my mother was holding <laughs> a live lobster in my face as I opened the door and thought it was the most hilarious fucking thing on the planet. I about died. <laughs> well, that's why you hate lobster. That no, I just don't like everything. the taste of it. No. Oh. Hmm. It's icky. I, I went to school in Massachusetts and I actually took two live lobsters home with me on the plane to Arizona one, one semester. Oh and, my goodness. Um, yeah. It was, I don't know what I was thinking. Did you get for... the legal lobster where they pack it up? And yes. That, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Such and, a New um, England thing. <laughs> it, it was like a, I, I had them in a cardboard box underneath my seat and you could hear them going scritch, 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 scritch all the way home oh, for like hours. That would have freaked weird. me out. It was a weird idea. Were they tasty? <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't even like lobster that much, oh, but my, my mom did. So it was for her. <laughs> Am I like the Aww. only one on this podcast that likes lobster? Uh, I just I like the butter lobster. you dip it in. I like yeah, it just... fine. It's just too much work for all that money. Yeah. <laughs> you, you you want your food to be served to you, not have to require unpackaging? Yeah. Yeah, if I'm going to pay that kind of cash for it, uh, it needs to be, you know, fucking edible. See, I, I prefer speaking of food that you have to that you have to get get it out of something. I prefer oysters. I love oysters. Oh, 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 
I can't take them. Oh. That, that's my textural problem is oysters and stuff like I that. I can't believe we found a food that you don't like. Yes, you have found it. It's this and like oh. celery and everyone knows that there is, if you ever need to get rid of an RE car, you just open ranch dressing. I will leave the room. Oh. The smell makes me nauseous. That, that's cool Ranch really? Doritos. I've I've literally had people who want to get rid of me, like because they were prepping like a party or something for me. They all opened Cool Ranch Dorito bags, and I left. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no. I can't. I I literally can't take that smell. That's okay. Well, that's okay. That leaves more oysters for me. <laughs> yeah. It, that said it, it is one of the i've eaten them i've had some incredibly high quality ones i've i've had them prepared beautifully and i still don't like them very much we used to go down in the spring we used to go down to my parents place every, um, once a year and the credit union um, would have an oyster roast and we would we would stand out at that table shucking oysters and and dipping them in butter and eating them and then shucking another one and and getting bit by sand fleas until it got dark and then there was nothing left but oh i i missed that it was so much fun see i could do it with crawdads though you you put me next to like mm. a crawfish or a crab boil and i am suddenly like I, I remember once that my friend and I at our birthday, like we were at an all you could eat buffet and it had crab legs and the chef actually came out and said, that's all you can eat because we had cleared them out. <laughs> so, I mean, that's yeah. one way of it being all you can eat. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty amazing. We went in with a game plan. You got to go into a buffet like this and you know, you got to avoid the bread, avoid the rice, avoid all the starches that fill you up. Fuck vegetables and go straight for the crab legs. And you just pound those until you cannot suck down any more sweet crab flesh. We, cause you know, we're keeping it filthy. Did that in, uh, did that in Vegas we would go to the Aladdin at 3.50 p.m. And we would go through and pay for the lunch buffet. And then at 4 o'clock, it flipped over to the dinner buffet, and they started bringing out the crab legs and the sushi. And we had paid for the lunch buffet, but we just stuck oh. around until it was time for the nice. better stuff. Oh, they yeah. don't they don't make you clear out? Nope. Nice. Oh, this is your pro tip from the Calamity Janes podcast. <laughs> well, that tip doesn't work anymore because oh. the Aladdin, the Aladdin's a parking lot now. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's fun. That's so sad. I, it always makes me sad when restaurants that I loved when I was young are just gone. So there was. Or, or you, some some should be gone, like Sambo's. Oh, now those should. What is Sambo's? I know, right? Oh God! I mean, never just went to a, name. a chain restaurant with a horribly racist name. Oh, and they had oh, the yeah. and they had the story. It was a it was a pancake restaurant, and they had the story yeah. of Sambo. I'm not going to say the full name of Sambo, but because it's horribly racist. But they had the whole story of Sambo on every placemat. And you were expected yeah. oh to read the book. Oh my god, are oh, you joking? Oh. No, I'm not kidding. Is it this was, like Midnight and Jemima sound PC? Is yeah. this what we're talking oh, about? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh. Yikes. Oh. It was, oh, it was, all, and the pictures, oh my gosh, the pictures were, just think of the most racist picture of a black child that you can think of from 1938, and that's what the pictures were like. And, um, and it was just, it was, but, you know... We were, and of course, the the whole place is white people, nothing but white people, because because who else is going to eat there? But yeah, yeah. Holy crap! My, here's an article from from June 2020. It says Sambo's, the the family chain restaurant, is down to one remaining location it's still in 2020. Open? Yikes! What's the actual? Oh my god! Fuck. Do we want to know where it is? And is it Alabama? I was going to say Alabama, Stan. <laughs> Alabama. Oh, my God. Santa Barbara, California. Oh. Yikes. Holy shit. Oh. Wow. Yeah. The, oh, my gosh. We, we went to the one in Atlanta because my grandmother liked it. That That's just, just, wow. 
If you go to the Wikipedia, then you can you can see the story that they based it on. It's in the Sambo's it, it, article, and you can link it to it and see. Because like, I'm not I'm not gonna say it. But. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We're all just like nothing like racism to really bring down the mood, is it? <laughs> I mean, given where all the vast majority of those of us on the call uh, live. Uh, yeah, we call that Tuesday. Yeah. Oh, I just, I, I just, I think back on that sometimes and go, you know, why did we not see it? And and I know why we didn't see it then, because we were living in the land of white privilege. And, and so we, you know, we were told that this is perfectly acceptable, but, um, but it wasn't, it was awful. And um, I just think back and go, wow, that was really bad. So everyone take a deep breath. Remember your Song of the South rides hidden deep within Disneyland, and let oh, it go. Oh, it, yeah, and it's changing. It's they've changed it to you. You talking about um, Splash Mountain, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Splash Mountain. Yeah, they're... I've watched enough Defunct Land. I know way too much about theme park rides. I can't ride because of crippling motion sickness. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love Log Flume, but yeah, they're changing it to, to so the theme is um, Princess and the Frog. Well, that's pretty good, because yeah. I happen to love the Princess and the Frog. That's like yeah. one of my favorite Disney movies, unapologetically. And it needed it needed a ride. It didn't have a ride yet. So it looks like I'm going to have to come up with some blankets or something for kitties to snuggle under tonight, because... They're talking about a frost warning in Charlotte. Do you have an empty book box that you can line with some towels and help get them into a oh, garage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have a garage, but I do have a book box that I can put some towels into and at least get them out of any wind or anything like that. As now we're all suddenly like... <gasps> Pray for the kitties. That's really? your thing. Yeah, we're we're very invested. In we fact, are so invested, and we do demand pictures as soon as yeah, possible. We need we need pictures and and hopefully nicknames. Yes, of all yeah. of John's pussy. <laughs> Lord. I don't think we can top that. What do you think, ladies? Do you think I it's think, time yeah. to? I think that's give a, a good, good closing moment. <laughs> Yep. Don't forget your uh, what was it? Cutie surprise Barbie. <laughs> yes. And check us out both at authorsanddragons.com. Most of us are at falstaffbooks.com and you can see us all in person this August 2022 at the University Hilton in Charlotte, North Carolina for Authors and Dragons Con. It's Woo! a blast. Come Woo! see us. Woohoo. So be excellent to each other, people. This is the Calamity Janes, and tune in next time for our season finale. Dun, 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 dun. dun, dun. <laughs>